Nutmeg Radio. another episode of Nutmeg Radio. Today we have the lovely Sophia LePage, who is a feminine embodiment coach and rebel queen. Sophia, would you like to kick it off by explaining to everyone, firstly, what it is that you do? Okay, sure. So yes, I'm a feminine embodiment coach. So that means that um, my work is all around helping women connect to their feminine essence and energy um, first in their bodies. So that looks like releasing old imprints from the womb, releasing all the old stories, all the old conditioning that's told us that being soft, being receptive, Um, being in connection with our feelings and our intuition rather than logic, that all of these things are are wrong and that we should be logical, we should keep our feelings to ourselves, we should, um, you know, have endless energy all day long. So I'm helping women release those stories so that they can become who they truly are, inhabit their feminine energy, live in a cyclical way, feel more pleasure in their body, invite more abundance and ease into their lives, more magic into their lives. And then I teach women how to weave that also into their businesses and their lives and their relationships so that their their bodies, their businesses, their lives, their relationships are all working in harmony, uh, nourishing them, nourishing their feminine essence. So it's not about like showing up as one person in one area and then trying to be someone totally different somewhere else. It's like creating this cohesive feeling of their, they get to be themselves in all areas of their life, which is basically, you know, where the rebel queen comes in, right, is the the understanding of who you truly are, giving yourself the permission to live as that in all areas of your life and inside of your own body. And that is what I believe every woman woman deserves and uh, ultimately desires. Mm. It's such a, it's such a yummy topic. Lauren and I have been on a bit of a journey with the whole reclaiming your feminine essence of late and you can conceptualize it. It's the sort of thing that you can think about and you can listen about and you can conceptualize, but it's not until it's felt in the body that you really have an understanding of how deep it goes and the true the true essence of it and the magnitude of how it can actually change your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like for me, like growing up, it was so far from where I'd come from. And this I find with a lot of the women that I speak to and a lot of the women that I work with is it's not like we came out of the womb understanding our feminine energy or embodying it. This is not the culture that we've grown up in. This is not the society that supports that. We've grown up in a very masculine dominant world um, where hustle is valued, where sacrifice is valued, where, you know, keeping calm and carrying on, like putting your emotions, leaving your emotions at the door is really valued. And it's all about being neat and tidy and and quiet and, you know, easily defined even the the idea of changing over time like transformation the the permission to transform in our lives is something that our society doesn't really invite it's like oh who are you you used to be this person how dare you change so that's how I grew up as well like I grew up um very much in that like good girl energy you know wanting to I was the first first child and anyone who's like the first child knows you know there's so many pressures that can be placed on you to do everything perfectly I had quite a strict upbringing and um, I just felt like 
I didn't even know who I was. Everything that I thought I was was defined by what I thought other people wanted me to be. So what it meant to be the perfect daughter, what it meant to be the perfect student, what it meant to be the perfect girlfriend, what it meant to be the perfect friend. And that led me to become so constricted in my life that um, at the age of like 20, um, no, age of 30, I was married, been married for three years with my, my husband at the time for nine years. And I felt completely and utterly disconnected from myself, from my pleasure, from my body, from who I truly was. And the only way at that point in time that I could see out was an affair. And that's what I did. I had like actually a string of affairs. I blew up my marriage, blew up my perfect image, blew up my friendships, blew up everything in my life, which I wouldn't recommend as the way to (laughs) release yourself from the cage you put on in it. This is definitely a very dramatic yeah drama filled like not advisable um way of doing things and it's also part of the reason why I do the work that I do because I want to show women that there are other ways you know like we don't have to blow up our whole lives we can bring in things that help nourish us and support us so that we can you know start to do it in a more of a healthy way so after I did that after I blew everything up then I was like oh okay, um, (laughs) oops, like, who am I? How did I become this person? How did I make this mess? How did I hurt this many people? And what do I need to do to understand who I am so I don't make this mistake again, so that I don't hurt people again like this in my life, so I don't hurt myself in this way? And that started my whole journey and it left, I was living in London, I left London, I travelled the world, I studied with shamans and gurus, I went to South America, to India, studied tantra, kundalini yoga and all of that was about, and feminine embodiment, all of that was about me understanding who I was, how to live an authentic life and how to do it in a way that was creating more love, creating more connection, um, and, and ultimately as a permission for other, other women also to do the same so that we can come together instead of feeling so separated. So, yeah, long story short, I definitely think this is really important. <laughs> Thank you so much for your vulnerability there. Out of curiosity, when you reached that breaking point where, you know, you had fundamentally destroyed your own life subconsciously with it, with what you were doing how did you how did you get on this path like what was it that kind of drew you to this yeah so at first it wasn't it wasn't clear like at first I started with getting um working with a healer so doing energy work to release like blocks and limiting beliefs And um, I was living in London at the time and actually um, I was getting these massages from my friend, these energy release massages, and I was having these big, big releases. And she said to me, "Um, I think that, have you heard about ayahuasca? And I said, no, what's ayahuasca? And she was like, well, I don't normally talk about it, but it's this plant medicine from the Amazon and I think it would really help you. And at the time... I was, you know, I'd been through that divorce. I'd been through some single time. I'd started dating again. I'd fallen dramatically in love with this guy that I met on Tinder and we'd been together for like five weeks and I thought he was my soulmate and then he disappeared and I was just so devastated. So I was like, oh, great, maybe ayahuasca will help me get over my heartbreak. (laughs) So I went to ayahuasca not knowing anything about it, thinking, oh, I'll just this is going to help me get over this guy. And what it did was it opened me up to all the places where I wasn't loving myself. Like I experienced self-love again for the first time. And I that's where I was like, okay, like there's, there's a lot more here. So after that, I really decided when I left London, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know that feminine embodiment was 
my path. I didn't know that this is what I was going to end up teaching. I just knew that there was more for me and I didn't know what it was. So I followed the breadcrumbs. So I, you know, I went to a, studied in a mystery school in Guatemala. And then from there, I met this guy and he was teaching Kundalini yoga. And so I tried Kundalini yoga and then I'm like, what the hell is this? This is amazing. I feel awesome. And then I was, it, I went to a yoga teacher training and then they started talking about Tantra and I'm like, oh, this is the philosophy that I have of life. I never knew it was called Tantra. I was just like, I believe that we're here to be human. We're here to have a human experience that we can find like the joy, the enlightenment, the in, in being human, in having pleasure. I don't didn't believe that we have to give it all up in order to be um, you know, good people. Like I was like, that doesn't, that sacrifice vibe doesn't fit with me. So I had these ideas. I was like, I, I just believe in this. And then I discovered Tantra and I was like, oh, this is everything that I believe in. It's called Tantra. I'm like, okay, great. Let's learn about that. And that then started connecting me back to my sexuality. And when I started connecting with my sexuality, then I started to feel more energized. I started to feel more and more magnetic, more radiant, more empowered. I found my voice. I found the way of like sharing what I truly wanted and desired. I called in my pup, my husband, my now husband. Um, so everything, it was like everything started moving in my life when I found feminine embodiment. And um, so, yeah, it wasn't, it was like all sort of by mistake, but not by mistake, but it was never a plan. It just happened. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful journey. Love that. So cool. I love what you said about following the breadcrumbs because I think it's very easy for people to just skim over that and not really see that those are the little jewels that you have to actually carry on with to find like your purpose and that's just listening to you speak like just then was so cool I was like oh I want to be doing all the things as well (laughs) yeah and that's what I love you know about like the world now with the online world right with coaching and all these things is like you don't have to like leave your whole life and go and live with shamans (laughs) in order to to have these experiences I I really wish in some way, I mean, I love my journey and I love all the things that I did, but I could also imagine how amazing it would have been if I could have found somebody like me who had done all those things and gotten the codes who I could have just like shown up on Zoom once a week and like learned from her and speeded up the whole process and spent a fraction of the money because, you know, traveling the world and doing all these things and doing 20,000 trainings is definitely not the cheapest, quickest way to transformation. But, I'm, you know, that was my way and that was the way that was available to me at that time. And I'm very blessed that that's what was available to me, but I don't feel like everybody has to do it that way. Or like, if you do it a different way that there's, that it's less than, or, you know, I feel like we've, we each have our, our way. And if you can find an easier way, like more power to you, I love it. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) Totally, totally. You know, it's one of those things because my journey is somewhat similar of kind of just following the breadcrumbs of like where am I being led and having no idea why you're being called to a certain place or a certain person or whatever it might be and it's taken quite a few years to get to where I am now and I'm this could have easily have been shortcutted (laughs) a hundred percent could have been shortcutted so I love all of that one thing that I find quite interesting and we haven't actually had a lot of these discussions even though it's something on here, even though it's something that we do, both Lauren and I are passionate about, would you even say passionate about, um, is the whole, your sexual energy and that being a uh, very magnetic, I mean, it's your creative energy. It's, it's all of these things that have been shut down and we've been, it's been not okay to, for us to be able to express that in any way, shape or form, um, unless it's in the bedroom. 
And I think it's so misconstrued by people, kind of like how people see sensuality as being akin to sexuality and they're just, they're not actually, I mean, they're interlinked, but they're not actually the same thing. What was that like for you, that kind of reawakening of your sexual energy? And yeah, how did that look for you? Yeah, so for me, um, kundalini yoga was a really big part of that. So one of the gazillion things that I did was I studied, I became a kundalini yoga teacher. And what was really interesting in my kundalini yoga teacher training was they did talk about sexual energy and we were doing some breath work, connecting with our sexual energy, but it was also very whitewashed. So it was like kind of Try, they, they talked about all the things that sexual, you know, how sexual energy is your life force energy, your creative energy. And they tended to just refer to it more as life force energy, which I think is really powerful for us to understand, you know, that it's not just energy for sex, it's energy for all creation. But what I did find was that it felt like there was kind of a little bit of a, like still some sort of trying to not, really own the fact that we are sexual beings like trying to you know purify us to the point where we don't feel our sexuality and that didn't sit right with me because I feel that that truly owning our sexuality is how we own our sovereignty right because if our sexual energy and it is our life force energy our creative energy the source of our radiance the source of our magnetism the source of our power then why wouldn't we own it completely why wouldn't we want to fully inhabit it why would we say it's okay to use it in one way but this other way is shamed And so my feeling on that is that because it is the source of our power, that the powers that be don't really want humans being powerful and sovereign because then you're not so easy to control. Then you're, you know, you follow the rules, you go along with things. It makes it much easier in a society to rule them if they don't understand their power. And so I believe that's why we have this knowledge has been hidden from us for so long, why there's so much shame around sexuality. And for me, that realization really helped me to step more into it. And also living, I found like moving to Bali where I live now, I was living in a community that was a lot more um, free, like a not like you know, there's, of course, all the polyamory and stuff like that, which isn't my vibe. And that's fine if that's your thing, just not my thing. But there was a lot more women who were really embodying their sensuality, sexuality, like with things such as ecstatic dance, right, where you go, it's it's drug and alcohol free, you're dancing, there's no, you're not trying to dance to impress anyone, you're just dancing to feel your own expression, And so my journey was kundalini yoga, exploring the breathwork, moving into tantra, coming to Bali, getting into ecstatic dance, being around other women who felt really expressed in their feminine energy and their sensuality and sexuality. And that gave me so much permission um, to do the same. And once I started doing that and I started to notice all the shifts in my life, like you know, my business picking up, getting more money, like being, feeling more vibrant, feeling more creative, feeling more inspired, um, suddenly having like these beautiful men be interested in me, like all that stuff really helped me to kind of want to go even deeper into it. Cause I'm like, oh, wow. Like I can feel things changing. I can see things changing in my life. I can feel this pathway opening up. And I feel amazing. So that was kind of like how it sort of came through for me. And it's so true, right? As you were saying that about the whole Kundalini piece, I I did Kundalini for years, probably a solid two years of daily practice. And then I just went off it at the beginning of the year because I realized that it was actually causing me to become disembodied I think because my energy was like so up in the ethers that I was struggling to be in my body. So I just felt kind of and I still do it occasionally now um but I sort of 
almost had this big kind of rejection moment with it. And I think when that happened, it was like this whole new journey that begun with my own sexuality and my sexual energy, which is a game changer because it's much more embodied. And I think, I think the Kundalini route is very, like you say, it's very pure and it's whitewashed. I mean, you wear white, you wear complete white turban. It's very, like you say, whitewashed, but it's also very much about ascending and going into those upper chakras and connecting to higher realms. Whereas I think once you start to embark on more of an embodiment journey and more of a journey into the feminine and embracing your sexual sexual energy, it's more of a descending into the body and into the realms of the physical and that's actually where you see the results in your life because you're not just up here and people can't see me, but, but I have my hands up above my head. Um, you're not just up here, like living in, in the ethers. You're actually pulling this divine energy into the physical realm and you're using it in more of a practical way. I totally agree. And I think that there's, you know, that descent, like it's great to go up to the higher realms, receive the downloads, get all the information. But if you're not able to descend, if you're not able to bring that energy through the crown, through the body, through the heart, into the womb and birth out through the womb, then you don't actually make change in your life. Mm. You know, you won't actually be able to bring it through in a grounded way that actually supports you or supports others. And so, and yeah, the feminine is, is, is like the earth, you know, it's like the mother earth. It's like the, the nature, the mess, the chaos, the earth, this is all the stuff where that we kind of like get those cosmic downloads, but then it's like, okay, but how do I live this as a human being? Like, how do I live this as a woman? And that is because we came here to be human. We came here to be messy, to be physical, to have emotions, to like play, to fuck up, to learn, to grow, you know, they, all of this stuff. So if we can't be in the underworld, then we won't be able. And this is the other thing I feel like in, um, in sometimes in spiritual community and where it's like a lot of ascending is it's, it becomes this bypassing of what's of the underworld, which is so important because in the underworld is like all our shadows, all our limiting beliefs, all our, like the the uh, unintegrated aspects of self that we need to love, to reintegrate, to bring compassion, to, to shine a light on so that we can feel wholeness. Because otherwise, if we're just all up here, love and light, love, like that feels great for a little while but then what happens when stuff goes on you know who are you when the shit hits the fan who are you when the there's chaos in the world like who are you when things don't go according to plan that's when like our feminine like the ability to stand in the fire, the ability to like move with the world, the ability to birth new things, the ability to feel our sensuality, our sexuality, our sovereignty is really what holds us through the challenging moments in life Mm. and also allows us to know the difference between what is truth and what is things that we're just being fed so, yeah, it's like root, the rooting into the earth, the coming into the body, the coming into the feminine, the out of the mind is is such a, like, so inter- integral to just living life in general, let alone just, you know, living it in your feminine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, why you see so many people and who are, like, very highly psychic or whatever, and they just struggle with everyday life. Yeah, it's quite interesting as well because I feel like I've definitely operated in my masculine throughout like my 20s and not really having any concept of that because, you know, you go to work, you're like in the system of doing the things and then you get to the weekend and you're so exhausted by doing this cycle over and over and over again. So then you get to the weekend and you just want to blow it out with like, I don't know, drugs, alcohol, like just to 
numb that so that you can feel something, but then that's just numbing everything down even more. And what I found so interesting in this journey that I've been on very intensely for the past two years is actually learning about my feminine, coming back into that and seeing like how neglected that's been for basically my entire life. And what I find really interesting is it's almost reflected in the world around me because I feel like we have globally operated in a very masculine, heavy space. And now there's been this big feminine uprising just everywhere, all around the world. And it's interesting now when you look at the state of the world, there is this feminine power that's trying to kind of balance this masculine out and then all of a sudden it's like right batten down the hatches no one can hang out with anyone no one can talk like you are all like you cannot be like trying to fight this and it's really interesting when you look at your own personal journey but then when you see it in a like a very global instance there's just there's so much going on and then when you think about this introduction of non-binary um, I find that very interesting because that's very confusing because what is, are you, and, and that's fine if people are listening and they, they are non-binary, but for myself, who's just really learning a lot about being in my feminine and making that a very strong part of my life, it's a very confusing thing that it's okay to not actually have any gender orientation. Like that's a very confusing thing. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting one because, you know, all my work's in the feminine, so it's definitely not non-binary. Um, and I and I can totally understand and sympathise with people who feel like, gen- the you know, genders don't apply to them or don't, you know, they don't feel like they fit into like a gender or whatever they believe gender to be. And so I feel like, okay, great. Like, choose none or choose a new one or whatever you want, you know, but also I feel like there is a lot of what I found to be interesting is I've noticed some shaming coming in around people that do ascribe to a gender. And I feel that that is, it's, it, it seems to me that what often happens in where there's like a desire for change or a desire for a new system that, and we see this in the world globally today, that, what happens is people who want something new instead of like really kind of putting their energy into creating that thing can often put their energy into fighting something else, fighting the thing that they don't want. And I feel like fighting something is never like, look at the history of the world. Like there is not a single time in the history of this earth that war and fighting has ever actually accomplished anything. So I feel like if, if we want to change something or we want something new, what it's really about now is allowing for all points of view to be there, allowing for all ways of living to be there, non-binary, masculine, feminine. Like we don't need to change somebody else. Let's just find, put our energy into figuring out what works for us, what's our truth and then create a movement around that, which isn't about fighting something else, but it's about pouring energy into creation because you're either pouring energy into drama or you're pouring energy into creating creation. So you're creating, always creating something, you're creating drama or you're creating change. You know, (laughs) you don't, you don't create both. It's one or the other. So I feel like when it comes to all of the stuff around like non-binary or um, whatever it is, it's like we have to, that's what true power is, is to be able to hold your power even when other people don't agree with you. Like even when you're, even when there are people who believe something totally different to you, if we have to all agree in order to feel good, then we're not really powerful. We're only powerful when we can hold who we are and and not be affected by other people's other people's beliefs or the way other people live. And I feel like that's what real sovereignty is, is like coming to that space where it's like, okay, this is, you live your way and I'm living my way. And I just choose not to play by your rules. That's the whole, you know, like being there. This is why I'm like, say, live by this rebel queen kind of movement idea is like, forget fighting, 
just make something new and invite people to it. And if it's fun and if it works for them and if it aligns with them, they're going to want to come join you. And that's going to be way more powerful than fighting the old. Because if you're fighting something, you're actually saying it's powerful. Like you're like, this is so powerful. I have to fight against it. But when you just go, actually, I choose not to opt into that. It's like you release all power that it has. Because if you don't need to fight it and you can just do your thing over here, then you're you're not acknowledging that that thing holds any power over you. Mm. Yeah. So true. So powerful as well. Let's talk about yoni eggs. We yeah. had a session together, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago, what is even time at the moment? But um, <laughs> And one of the things that came up was, I can't remember if I asked you about it or however it came up, you recommended a, getting a jade egg and I did and I love it. It's so good. It's so good. So what is, I mean, I think I resisted it for quite a long time because I was, how is that going to make any difference? And now I sort of understand it because I can feel it, but what is the kind of premise behind a yoni egg practice? So yoni eggs, even though the yoni obviously is like the pussy or the vulva, yoni eggs actually um, support like the womb as well. So for women, uh, our wombs hold and our pussies as well hold so much information Um, and they hold They've typically been in our societies things that we have heard are ugly or like, you know, think about when you get your your first bleed or you're menstruating, I call it your moon. Um, It's sort of like, oh, that's icky, that's dirty, like that's a pain. Oh, like premenstrual women are crazy, like all these kinds of things. So even the name period, which means like a period of being crazy, basically. So there's so many ways that our feminine anatomy has been just that in itself has been shamed and suppressed. And so when we work with the yoni egg, what we're doing is we're clearing all the imprints that have come in. So imprints are beliefs, they're, um, it's energy, it's emotions that have st- been stored into our wombs or our, or our yonis um, through, you know, absorbing these belief systems, these ideas, these things about where, what's, what's not good about being a woman, right? And and it becomes, so the yoni and the womb become armoured. They become numb. They become tight. They become hard. They, you know, it gets all, it's barriered because this is such, this area, like if you think about female anatomy, it's like moving in. It's, 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 it's designed to be soft. It's designed to be receptive. It's designed to receive. So if, if the things that it's receiving are you're wrong, you're dirty, you're bad, you're shameful, you shouldn't say anything, your pleasure doesn't matter, your your period is gross, you're crazy, it's going to become like like have to start toughening up to be able to not feel the pain of all those things. So this is where we get issues with hormones, with um, hormones, <laughs> hormones, with um <laughs> such a weird way of saying it with, um, you know, menstrual issues like heavy bleeds, period of pain, um, premenstrual tension, like all this kind of stuff happens, difficulty orgasming, all of these things that women can experience, right, um, it, either during having sex or at the, at the time when they're bleeding. So what the yoni egg does is it helps release those imprints. It ha- helps Unify the um, the walls of the vagina. It helps uh, release these these energies and imprints from the womb, from the yoni, so that it returns to its natural state, which is soft, receptive, open. So that then we can start to connect with our deep womb wisdom, right? The codes of our womb. This is where our true magic lies. Um, so we start to hear like our true voice, you know, our true wisdom. 
our true intuition. We stop being so confused by everything that we hear because we know what's true for us. And then also, of course, you start to feel more orgasmic, more pleasure during sex. You get to know more what's a yes for you, what's a no for you. So this is why working with the yoni egg is so powerful and really multi-dimensional, multi-faceted faceted in a way. Um, because there and why I I feel so passionate about this work because I feel like for a woman, like this this is where the work really begins, is in the womb, in the yoni. Once, and that's why, like with my work, it's so much about softening, opening, becoming more receptive, welcoming more pleasure, like letting go, releasing those old things, because that's like the pathway to feeling nourished, to feeling whole, to feeling sovereign, to feeling sexy, to feeling powerful, to feeling pleasure in your life. Mm. I find it's just a really good way. I mean, I didn't really know a lot of that. I mean, I knew bits and kind of bits and pieces of it, but for me, it's like a sense of pulling my awareness back down into that area of my body. And so even if you're just like out and about, nobody knows it's there. For anyone listening, if you have no idea what we're talking about, a yoni egg is basically a crystal, and I think you can get glass ones as well, that is shaped as an egg and you place it inside your vagina is basically what it is. But yeah, you you don't necessarily, it's not something that you can feel there all the time. Like you could easily forget that it was there, but it definitely brings that sense of awareness back to that, to kind of that womb space. And there's a very kind of sensuous feeling with that, of being connected there in all of your interactions because you're not up in your head, you're in your body and you're coming from that place. So, and I saw something recently as well of someone was saying, and it made me think of you as well, is that the use of a yoni egg, because it's increasing your sexual energy as well, is almost like the new Botox in a way, because people are like, it makes you look younger. And I, I agree with that. I think it does. It just kind of gives people their glow back. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm 41 and no one ever believes me, so. (laughs) What? (laughs) I know, that's why I said that. When you said that to me, I was like, oh, okay, I thought you were like a couple years older than me. (laughs) Yeah, so I like totally agree. (laughs) Love that. Mine's lost in the bloody courier. I'm like, hurry up, I'm aging out here. (laughs) (laughs) Do crystal wands and things work in a similar manner? Or do they have kind of yeah. purpose? Yeah, crystal wands are, are more not so much for the womb as well, but more for the yoni. And they're, again, a great tool for de-armoring, so for creating more um, sensitivity, more orgasmicness, like releasing the, the numbness, the tension from the vaginal wall um, so that they're really great for, like, um, feeling, you know, getting to feel more pleasure during sex. Um, I recently did a YouTube video where I was talking about the crystal ones and saying they're better than a vibrator because I feel like vibrators are kind of like that they're, they're just like the reason that they work is because women are often so numb and so like They've, there's so much tension in there that they need like this extreme vibration to, in order to feel pleasure. But what it does is it continues to toughen the area up. Like imagine if you're, you know, like doing, you, you know, those old like um, exercise things where they put like little electrodes on your stomach muscles and they buzz it and then you get like a six pack. It's doing that inside your, your yoni, but like we don't want that. We actually want it soft. We want it sensitive. So working with the crystal wand can really help to bring that sensitivity and softness back. And also 
the the crystals themselves, right, they have a vibration, they have a healing vibration. So I love like, say, rose quartz or something like that, which has this really loving, self-loving, gentle vibration. So at first, it can feel if a woman's like not used to it, it can feel like kind of strange. And maybe they're like, oh, I don't really feel that much. But it's about like really going slow, like slowing down, becoming more sensitive and we need slowness, stillness in order to develop that sensitivity. So um, so I definitely recommend um, working with pleasure ones. Um, they're also really good at helping like release some of that shame that we were talking about earlier, like sexual shame um, and just giving it, you know, the crystal draws it out. Um, so I definitely prefer like the crystal to like glass because of the added properties of the crystal and what crystal, the consciousness of crystal can can bring to the healing experience. So essentially like pleasure ones and yoni eggs are for healing, they're for resensitizing, they're for pleasure and they're for deepening the connection to your body, not just to get you to orgasm, although that can be a beautiful, you know, outcome, but it's not the whole goal. And I feel like for women as well, like that's really an important thing to to come into relationship with that it's like orgasm doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be the goal. And I think especially for women who have trouble around or maybe never orgasmed or really struggle, it's like letting go of the idea that you have to have that in order to have a really beautiful connected experience can release the pressure, which actually allows the orgasm to arrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's the whole thing with vibrators, right? Is they literally desensitize you. I've even had conversations with guys who almost feel a little bit dismayed at the whole, you know, the generic kind of sex toy world because they're like, I can never live up to that. And if they feel less than, because if that's what you're used to, they can't really. And not that that's what it's about, but you can see how it, has almost a negative effect on both parties. For sure. Yeah. I think that there is a lot of re-education to happen on both sides around sexuality. And I feel like in terms of men, like I feel like men really do want to know how to please a woman. They really want her to have a great experience um, and in general and in sex. And I feel like when women take charge of their relationship to sex, like when they be like, okay, I'm going to get into connection with my body. I'm going to understand what turns me on. I'm going to start to have a pleasure practice, going to release all the imprints of shame that I have. I'm going to take, I'm going to bring my power back when it comes to my sexuality then what they can do, then they're able to share that with men and men want to know these things. Like they want to know what turns you on. They want to know how to touch you. They want to know what pleases you. But often women I feel like are not used to saying what they want or knowing what they want maybe because maybe they think that they've never been allowed to want what they want. So I feel like, yeah, coming back into connection with a woman for her sexuality allows her then to become more vocal and also allows men to learn a lot more. So overall, it's benefiting everyone if a woman has a deeper connection with her body and her pleasure. Yeah. When it comes to pleasure, I think even the word pleasure has almost like a dirty connotation with it in the way that it's used. And pleasure is such a kind of key component of the feminine I feel it's like she always wants more and more and more pleasure but that to me can look so many different ways and I'm learning that now and discovering that now it doesn't necessarily refer to sexual pleasure it can literally just be pleasurable sensations within the body full stop or your food or 
being in nature and just having a good time, do you see kind of with your work like a direct, is it kind of like the chicken or the egg situation where once people start to unlock and de-armor their, all of their sexual stuff. And I feel like there's not one person in the world that doesn't have it, right? Because we've, I mean, you said sexual re-education, but I feel like there's not any sexual education anyway, aside from like how to not get pregnant or not get an STD. Like that's all that really exists. And so we don't really know, like people learn through porn, which (laughs) we don't really want to be learning from, but is it sort of one of those things that you become more connected to your pleasure through doing the sexual work? Or do you think they work in silos to each other? How do you think that operates? It's across the board. Um, I feel like how much pleasure you're able to receive during sex is a great indication of how much pleasure you're able to receive in life in general. Like often that's where the spotlight is. You know, people like, oh, I can't orgasm. And they see that as a problem, but maybe not as a problem that they struggle to um, feel pleasure from the food that they eat, for instance, or that they struggle to receive a compliment. Um, Like there are so many ways in which um, we can push pleasure away. And most of them aren't very really even thought of because they're so, you know, it's like, oh, you should never accept a compliment. That just means you're big headed or, oh, like you shouldn't like your food because then you'll get fat or, oh, well, you shouldn't, you know, like you shouldn't love your job, but like, that's how dare you, like you should sacrifice. Don't, if you like your job, don't tell anyone because you're just going to make them feel bad. You know, like there's so many ways that we're told not to receive pleasure, but when it comes to sex, it's like, oh, you can't orgasm. Well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you receive pleasure there? It's like, because you can't receive pleasure anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't say it's okay in this way, but it's not okay in that way. So I feel like when it comes to working and opening up to pleasure, it's about opening up to pleasure in all areas. And sometimes the sexuality is the path through, or sometimes like a lot of women, when I first work with them, we might not dive straight into the sexuality work. We might look at how they can embody pleasure in other parts of their life, like how they can open more to um, risk, like feeling good about who they are just right now, you know, how they might um, feel abundant in their day-to-day, like whether or not they've made money or not, you know. It's like it, the same with manifestation work. It's like you em- embody the feeling and then the things come, not the other way around. So, so yeah, I feel like it's it's both. It, it's just often when we look at sexuality, it's like we see it. It's it seems a lot more. Um, it's a mo- lot more obvious to us there, but it's generally happening everywhere. So, I love for women to look at all areas that, of their lives, and that's why I also, you know, in my work, we do feminine embodiment in their you know body and also business because it's like well where are you denying pleasure in your business you know in the strategy like where are you saying oh I should do this or I need to do that like where are you allowing not allowing your desire what you actually want to do to inform the way you create your business or the way you show up in your business and you know in relationships everywhere so yeah Mm. so so much to it really isn't I mean I'm just quite I'd say I'm a bit fresh on it it's just like it's such a shame that these conversations haven't been had for a very long time now you know because I feel like I'm like oh my god I'm just starting this game of life and I'm 32 and it's like oh it would have been so good to have had all this knowledge way back when because I had quite a maybe a bit of an unhealthy mentality around sex. And I found when I was growing up in my twenties and exploring all the things that I was really frustrated that men had this hall pass to go around and like sleep with all these chicks and, you know, they're the man, like, fuck, how good is that? And then if I was to go around and do the same thing, I'm a slut or a hoe or 
whatever. And that really used to piss me off. And I used to be like, well, if you can go around and do that, I can go around and do that too. And you can't give me shit for it because you're doing the same thing. So I was almost like a rebel queen myself, but instead of actually taking a step back and holding the power and not throwing myself physically into the fire, like I did, Oh my God, my whole journey would have been so different, but um, that was my journey and this is my journey for a reason, but it's just like, I love listening to this conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, I came to my journey when I was 34, so I'm like a lot behind you, you know, really in terms of like where I was at when I started. And I think that the benefit of having come later is that you understand what it's like to not be embodied, to like do things that, um, you know, like to rebel, but in a way that's actually hurting yourself, like you get that. So for women who I think that there are some people who are like, oh, I started my spiritual journey when I was 20 and they just don't, they, they have a beautiful transmission and they're amazing for some people, but they will just never understand what it feels like to be completely in the dark with these things. And I think that it it allows you to be so much more relatable when you're like, hey, I've been there. I've done those things. There's no judgment there. There's no shame there. Like you, you can, if I could get to this place, then you can get to this place. So there's a lot more. And I feel like it helps people believe more that they can also do it. Um, and for me personally, like, even though there were so many dark times and such huge challenges and, you know, so much crap that I went through, it wouldn't change it because I feel like it made me who I am and it's given me such a rich experience of life. Um, and it also allows me to feel so grateful for where I stand today, who I've become today. Mm. And it makes you appreciate where you are now much more because if you didn't have that darkness, you wouldn't understand the light. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Where can the people find you, Sophia? Yeah, so you can head to my website. From my website, you can find everything. It's sophialepage.com. Or you can head over to my Instagram, Sophia underscore Lee underscore page, and you can find me there. There's lots and lots of places. There's lots of things. I have a YouTube channel. I've got a bunch of courses. I've got free things, like all kinds of yummy, delicious embodiment things that you can um, play around with, explore and dive into. And I'd love to hear from anyone who watches this or listens to this and hear what really stood out for you, um, what your biggest takeaways were. So I definitely invite that engagement. Yay. Thank you. So do we. So do we. Thank you so, so much for your time. This has been incredible. There has been so many wisdom bombs dropped. I cannot wait to share this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, ladies. You're amazing.